1: Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is Tuesday, May 8th, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir.
2: Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you.
1: I appreciate that, Bill. Bill, you know, Bill always comes up with some good news articles, and today he's got uh, one that uh, uh, is not basically uh, new to people. Um, you have to understand what the VA is trying to do. And, in fact, I got a letter to the, to this effect Um and I'm probably one of the only ones that are going to receive it. <laughs> that might be a true bill. You know, as far as this early t- participation in a faster new claim decision review process, can you tell us more about that?
2: Yes, Gary. And as you know, always uh, with uh, the this news that we present to our listening audiences, to kind of give uh, everyone a heads up uh, because, as we know, uh, probably the greatest void in our veterans community is a lack of information that we need to know and how to navigate this whole system of uh, help uh, in the uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. But uh, in the past couple of days, the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs has announced it is offering two opportunities for early participation in the new more efficient claims decision review process uh, which they claim is supposed to be historic. Uh, These two opportunities will allow veterans to receive a decision on a claim much faster than the current appeals process. So in the first part of this, Gary, uh, the the VA uh, has extended Uh, the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program, which is known by the acronym of RAMP, by removing the requirements that veterans first receive an invitation from the VA in order to elect participation in the program. So on the RAP, uh, which was initially launched in November of 2017 as an invitation-only program allows el- eligible veterans with a disability compensation appeal early access to the higher level review and supplemental claims uh, lanes outlined in the uh, appeals modernization act um and they've determined that they've, by going through this process uh, they're able to complete a a, a ramp review in a, on an average of 52 days. So that's the ramp portion. Now, the second portion, which uh, should be coming out uh, during this month, the Board yeah, of Veterans Dennis. of Appeals will launch its yeah. early yeah. applicable appeals okay. modernization part, which is known as BEAM. This is a pilot project also. And under this project, the Board will partner with national organizations of veterans Advocates, Paralyzed Veterans of America, and the California Department of Veterans Affairs to identify 50 veterans who are dissatisfied with a recent decision on their benefits claim. These veterans will participate in a study that allows them the option of appealing directly to the board or seeking a review in RAMP. And in this study, the board will collect preliminary data about veterans' choices and, and experiences. Gary, this is brand new. I think probably uh, other than yourself, I haven't heard of anyone else who has uh, received an invitation to participate in this. But uh, uh, don't be too quick to uh, accept this as the way that you want to move uh, with your claim in the appeals process.
1: All right, I was just going to say that. Be very careful. Read it Read it 10 times if you have to. I had to read it 10 times. I still don't understand it. <laughs> but, but that's the VA for you. And again, it's it's something you don't want to take something away that you need. Uh, so read it very carefully. All right. Is that it, Bill? That's it. All right. Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest today.
2: Well, Gary, indeed, it's an honor. We have two guests today. First, uh, Heidi Ainsworth, who is the Chief Executive Officer for Welcome Home to the USA. As an emergency room registered nurse, Heidi has served in many roles. As a flight nurse. Disaster management team leader and nursing instructor for Weber State College. After retiring from nursing, Heidi took a marketing position with an accounting firm and successfully increased their business by 25%. That's phenomenal. Now, as the chief executive officer of Welcome Home to the USA, a nonprofit. For veterans and their families, Heidi puts her triage skills to good use by delineating urgent from less critical issues when designing individual reintegration plans. Currently, Heidi is in the process of building a Veterans Suicide Prevention and Reintegration Respite in Seattle, Washington. And our second guest is Benjamin Dennis, PhD. Ben is a mythologist and writer cultivating a long, lifelong love of story, myth, and psychology. Ben has been passionately involved in ritual, rites of passage, and psychodrama and storytelling. Ben Mystic. conference and leads retreats for veterans and first responders Ben holds his PhD in mythology mythological studies with an emphasis in depth psychology from Pacifica Graduate Institute welcome Heidi and Ben to the American Heroes Network
1: welcome Heidi and Ben hey thank you all right. We'll start off with Heidi. Now, Heidi, what actually got you involved with uh, these veterans issues uh, with your with your background? Uh, what gave you that, that push you over the fence, in other words, towards that veteran issues? <laughs>
3: it literally pushed me over the fence. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a couple of very spiritual events. For me, um, one was that I was um, cooking a roast Christmas Day, and um, and it was just a beautiful day and just a glorious morning. And anyway, I actually um, was out for a walk, and. Is, lo and behold I was listening to uh, the radio and <laughs> it was it was really pretty funny because you know I was just enjoying the day and then all of a sudden there came some um, the radio tunes uh, I was listening to the radio talk show and all uh, All of a sudden, there was a mother and a daughter, and they were talking about Christmas, and the girl couldn't understand why her mother could not be there for Christmas. So that just tore me up. That really did. And then the second thing was uh, I actually broke my neck. And in C2 in four places, and uh, my doctor said to me, you know what, I have no idea why you are alive. And so I looked at him and I said, well, you know what, I do. So that was kind of how I got into this.
1: All right. Now, you you were more or less uh, uh, started the integration of uh, this organization, correct, and and the veterans? And uh, what we'd like to do is, Ben, I guess you're a veteran, and you had challenges that you had to also face. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about that?
4: I'm sorry, Gary, I missed that. Can you one more time, please? Uh,
1: I was just saying that uh, you're a veteran and you had challenges that you had to face uh, when it came to uh, the same thing here. You and uh, Heidi, I, you're working together on this, right? Yeah, we are. It's, uh, we're at the beginning stages,
4: and uh, it came from, you know, I got out of the Air Force just prior to the Iran-Iraq War, the first one, and uh, leaving the military, um, casting about trying to figure out uh, who and what I was, what I was going to do in my life, um, the military experience uh, crafts a kind of uh, psyche that uh, you know you, you know what you're doing, you have a mission, you're clear about your place, and then when you're, you're sent out to, after you separate, then all of a sudden you're cast out into a world that takes a look at you as just like any other person in a very, very different culture. And so there's a lot of struggle until uh, I came to the decision that I was going to become a firefighter. And uh, once I did that, I've uh, spent many, many years on the streets in Seattle working with uh, homeless populations, many of which were veterans. And then when an opportunity came up to begin working more uh, closely with the veteran population, that uh, I realized it was a pretty profound calling on my part. All right. Bill?
2: Well, Heidi, I, I I I'm I'm really intrigued by your interest and your commitment in uh as it results to uh, suicides uh among veterans in, in in our country. Uh it's unfortunate that this is a a situation that we deal with on a day to day basis. It's uh it's uh, it's it's difficult in trying to turn this around when you consider the fact that women, in particular, uh, um, with suicides, uh, are, are like six times uh, higher. Those that have served uh, on active duty in the military, as opposed to their counterparts in the general population, um, kind of give us an idea in, in this. The urgent and the critical issues uh, when you're designing these individual uh, uh, individualized reintegration plans.
4: Well, one of the one of the things that we definitely work closely with is uh, the, uh, the the notion that uh, the context of, of what uh, somebody's struggling with uh, oftentimes is uh, you know they look at the world and they, they find themselves um in a sense of identity that's uh, how do i want to put it um how the world sees them and how they see how they how they see themselves is very very different and so we pay a lot of attention to language how they uh, craft their own sense of identity where they're going in life and then uh uh, it's something we call a bifurcation. In other words, it's a you know branching of of identity. And so, paying attention to the language um, that a that a client has uh, with their own place in the world, um, oftentimes we can help them um, recontextualize their their place and um, the immediacy of that uh, um, situation. Is one of the things that we're we're trying to uh, ascertain. If somebody's in immediate threat, then uh, more aggressive uh, uh, intervention is called for, so that we can give them enough space and time, so that they can, um, you know, normalize somewhat. So we can go in and and start looking at their sense of identity. If the immediacy isn't so great, then we can uh, help them with uh, various tools to. Uh, recontextualize their situation stand up uh, maybe a little bit out of their own self and look around and see um, a larger sense of, of uh, you know what their circumstances are um use uh things like metaphor uh, images uh, stories pictures um, things uh, that uh, people can use to um, reset i guess and and reevaluate um and retell their own story
2: so. Uh, uh, ben, that's interesting uh, uh, and something else uh, I think is of interest that uh, I, I think our listening audience would uh, like to hear from you uh, having served on active duty in the military and understanding uh, the situations when you return to home and community and, uh, and, and, and we don't Reintegrate as well as we should, uh, and that, where that leads us as uh, potential suicide victims. But also, you are a first responder dealing yes. dealing uh, with uh, critical incidents, uh, creating stress. I, could yes. you explain this uh, a similarity or the similarities between the two of those and how they come together?
4: Well, there, there's, uh, first off, the, the difference being that, uh, in first responder population, it's though we're active duty 24-7. So any given day of the week, we can called out to uh, something tragic, uh, something difficult, uh, and then have to turn right around and head back home to You know, deal with our families. Whereas many of the veteran population, per se, their experiences were acute and extreme uh, during war, wartime, or or, uh, other circumstances uh, that the military environment brought about. Now, where the similarities come in is that the uh, um, intensity of those experiences are, um, they're not common to daily life. And so when, uh, you know, things mount up, the uh, psychic weight of those experiences, the images of the uh, events themselves, um, you know, or, uh, you know, treatment, for example, you, you mentioned uh, women in the military, uh, military sexual trauma, for example, is, uh, is an issue, um, the uh, disparity of uh, the way that most people in this country are raised and then uh, move into the military environment, that can be traumatic, and then in the first responder population, because we're right there on the cutting edge of, of uh, disaster, trauma, uh, pain, suffering, regardless of what it is uh, for you know, maybe our experience, for the people that we work with, um, all of these things can create uh, some pretty significant rifts in our, in our uh, experience and in how we deal with daily life. So, with the veteran population, um, many of those folks were came back and and uh, had a body of experience that was tremendous in relationship to the average person sitting at the coffee shop and so there's no way for them to feel comfortable enough to share their experiences and so the weight of that continues to carry them carry on them you know from day to day until either some kind of an event happens where they uh, where they feel such tremendous despair, or the just the um, what I want to say the chronic weight of that builds to a point where they you know they're ready to make some kind of a dramatic uh, move um the same is true in both uh you know with the uh, first responders and the veterans
2: so well, you know ben that's interesting and and especially uh with the critical incident side from first responders. Uh, the rapidity of these things occurring uh just phenomenal. As you know, we're in the midst of one right now in Hawaii uh, yes. with, with, with that situation there that so many people are being impacted, not uh, to uh, also look at the, the uh, situations with uh, uh, gun violence in the, uh, in the schools and uh, uh, you name it. Uh, this has to have a telling effect on those first responders who have to deal with that would you say not
4: uh, it absolutely does there's no question about it and um you know the the truth of the matter is is that the best first responder in the world um the, the biggest and the strongest and the smartest guy out there can only do so much and so when you're faced with such tragic and traumatic uh pain and suffering and property destruction and uh, loss of life and injury and so on um you know it's it's sort of a built-in uh, stressor where you show up and it's your job to be the one that's the going to save the day going to help and do everything that you can but ultimately um you can only do as much as you you can do and then there's always that uh, second guessing that uh, that portion of the of your your inner mind that says, you know, could I have done more? You know, what if I had done this other thing? Or just simply the immensity of it. You know, when you're, you're I'm imagining, I go to Hawaii quite a bit to teach a, uh, teach at a re- retreat there and imagining that hillside coming down, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's an awesome, and I don't mean that in a, in a good way, but it, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to, to apprehend. And so even those of us that are not directly responding there, our imaginations go out to the, to the gentlemen, women, and, and men that are out there trying to uh, save life. And uh, I can tell you right now that um, it occupies a fair amount of our, our, uh, our attention, for sure.
1: All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back.
5: those corporation network.com and syndicated on itunes
0: are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
1: Welcome back. We're here with our guests, Heidi and Ben, with Welcome Home to the USA. Heidi, explain the two different programs you have. You have uh, Operation About Face and Operation Homeward Bound. Could you tell us a little more information on both of those?
3: Yes. Operation About Face is specifically for suicide prevention. And Operation Homeward Bound is for um, reintegration into Intensive reintegration um, where you actually, you know, get a road map on how to um, live your life joyously and you can also have an opportunity to reintegrate, reintegrate with your family as well as your community.
1: All right. Right. Well, again, why was Operation About Face considered more urgent? Is that because of the suicide prevention?
3: Absolutely. Um, Most people don't realize that the suicide rate amongst veterans is uh, 47 to 52 per day. And, you know, everybody says, no, that isn't possible. But it is, it really is a fact um, I've actually joined veterans in the parks and the woods and I know that to be a fact.
1: Mm-hmm. The number determination on that numbers, uh, I know that we're all we were told for years it's twenty two a day, but that was only twenty one states reporting. Uh, is this picking up there's twenty one states that, that didn't report? I mean I'm sorry no, the rest the rest not, of them.
3: Because only 21 states actually report veteran suicides.
1: Okay. Why so little?
3: Because the um the death certificates only al- 21 states only allow um death certificates they only allow death amongst veterans.
1: uh oh. that's different. We don't and Bill. Well,
2: no. Heidi, that's that, that's rather rather interesting in that, and we're talking about. Uh, I, I believe that the study that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs conducted in 2012 of those states that are reporting, but uh, you know, the, the 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 sad part about that is that uh, states in the country that have the higher uh, veteran populations such as uh, California, Texas, and Florida did not uh, 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 report uh, their their statistics, and uh, and as you probably know, uh, 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 under many circumstances, you know a death will occur that may be a, a suicide. That uh, and it and, and, and depending on the family, they may or may not report it as a, a suicide. So that causes the numbers to be, uh, to be skewed there. And, um, you know, one state in the country that uh, uh, gets my attention, and that's the state of Montana, which probably has the, the smallest veterans population, but on a per capita basis, uh, uh, veterans are probably uh, uh, committing si- suicides anywhere from somewhere in the range of three to five a day in the state. Uh, as you know, it's a large state, it's, uh, it's a, a, a rural state primary, and uh, the services are not there uh, to provide the, the, the help and assistance that veterans need. And, and I think the program that, that, that you and Ben are involved in is so uh, desperately needed to help our men and women uh, who have these problems that lead to suicide.
4: I'd like to interject right there and just note that even according to the VA, I just went to the website and checked their latest statistics, and according to them, of the 22 that they a day that they acknowledge, uh, 14 a day are not involved with VA services. So that's 75%, nearly 75% of the veterans that they acknowledge that are committing suicide um, are not receiving the benefits that uh, is, are due them, and so what that does is that throws it back on the grassroots movements and the individuals and small uh, nonprofits like ourselves to reach out to those people that aren't getting the benefits that are due them. Not to mention the ones that are, you know, the other twenty-five percent still need the services that uh, a larger community can bring.
2: Ben, you 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 you're absolutely correct, and in, in more of what you and Heidi are doing is 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 necessary uh uh, across the country i mean even from the awareness standpoint as you probably know uh the the u.s department of veterans affairs has one month in the year i believe it's in september it's suicide awareness prevention well we we need that awareness which we would hope to uh lead to prevention on a daily basis and uh, for nonprofits such as yourself, I think it's uh, it, it's remarkable that you're there because there's there's not that much that's going on across the country to uh, to, to provide that information.
4: And that and that's correct. Cause, uh, and then uh, this brings us to the next point, and that's that if our focus is on just simply suicide prevention, I mean that's a little bit like uh, trying, you know. T- uh, Closing the barn doors after the horses run out. Um, if we start paying attention to, you know, like these programs here where we're looking at uh, an aggressive reintegration, um, establishing community and family uh, connections, work, uh, suitable work, ongoing uh, therapeutic help as it's needed, um, ultimately ongoing community support, then these other issues uh, start diminishing significantly. And um, I think this is one of the reasons that we have a, a two phases of the program: one to deal with the suicide in the more acute uh, um, situation, but more importantly, the uh, reintegration and integration and reimagining of what it means to be a veteran in this country and what the, what the communities you know the benefit that they bring to every community that they live in.
2: Well, I, that's absolutely correct. Also, uh, Ben, uh, you know, I wish uh, we had a, a much more formal process whereby, as you know, when we when we, we we join the military active service, we go through a basic training to teach us and prepare us for what we're going to do uh, with our assignments, whether it's in a combat or a non-combat. Uh, uh, situation, but when we reintegrate back to home and community after being on the uh, battlefield and uh, uh, combat uh, it's it, it, it there's that intensity at least in my opinion is not there as it is on the uh, uh getting into the situation of becoming a, 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 a service person, as opposed to coming back, and it and it has so many residual effects. I mean, in families where we return, we don't talk about what our concerns are, and it's sort of like we waste the weight. So, uh, uh, your programs that you're in right now, are you able to network with any other? Uh, service organizations and communities around the country to kind of expand this. you networking with others.
3: Uh, actually, um, we're networking with with LinkedIn, and I have about eighteen thousand people that I linked in with, and so that it, I can refer people. If something if there's something that I cannot handle, then I will refer them to the appropriate person.
4: And then we also have uh, other groups, other nonprofits. Uh, you know I'm working with uh, two other nonprofits that uh, one doing a specific uh, uh, physical uh, uh, physical therapy with uh, veterans and first responders. And then another one that's uh, dealing with uh, veteran first responder uh, integration uh, from the working standpoint. So um, the more that we become exposed, the more, uh, the more that we reach out, the more people that we touch, then we're constantly looking for more people to interface with. Um, I think this is a, a crucial aspect that uh, we make individual connections like uh, Heidi was talking about with LinkedIn and various other social media, and then also with institutions like ourselves, uh, nonprofit organizations, church groups, and and whichever that uh, we can share resources with. And that's an ultimate part of it, uh, the idea that we have um, sort of a territory that we are in charge of and and guarding that, uh, you know, it's pretty well proven that that doesn't work. Uh, We all need to work together. That's right. (laughs)
2: So Ben I I'd, I'd like to uh give you and Heidi an invitation to uh to uh, uh work along with if you're not already with the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. I'm sure you're familiar with that organization.
4: Absolutely. I've uh I'm doing uh, I'm in charge of the training for the Seattle uh, Critical Incident Stress Management Program and so I'm uh Working with all of those various uh, groups, uh, the best of my ability. Um, they just threw me into this position here a few months back, so I'm uh, I'm in uh, school once again, learning a, a tremendous amount. <laughs>
2: well, Ben, I'd like to offer my help to you on that because I'm a board member of the foundation.
4: Well, then let's touch base uh,
1: after all of this, and we'll see what kind of information we can get. <laughs> Now, Heidi, why, why did you uh, choose Seattle as a home
3: um, base? I chose Seattle because there is a team of suicidologists here. And it's very specific. And it, there is no other group like it in this country. And I am very pleased to announce that out of 18,000 Patients that they have treated, to the best of their knowledge, not one has, has committed suicide.
1: All right. And what, what can our listeners do to help support your efforts?
3: You know, I, I want the word out there that we are going to be doing this, that we can, I mean, anybody can help there's, there's always room in my boat for everybody.
1: How big is your boat? Also,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> we also, if anybody wants to uh, uh, investigate specifically that, uh, you know, that group of people, it's www.suicidetherapy.com. And uh, the specific mo- model that we're looking at is called CCT. It's contextual conceptual therapy and it uh goes in and really looks at a at the world view that a person has um how they're how they view themselves how they view the world how the world views them and the uh the divisions that drive isolation um we all know that despair and isolation are are tremendous enemies of of uh of the life that we're trying to live and so this is one of those uh, uh, approaches that seems to break some of that stuff down so that uh, a person's view is larger than the problem that they're living in. All right. Yeah.
1: We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America and our variety channel, and we'll be right back.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are tuned into american heroes network if you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our
1: program. Welcome back. We're here with our guests, Heidi and Ben, from Welcome Home to the USA. And, Bill.
2: Well, this is for, for both Ben and Heidi, and uh, mm-hmm. as we get uh, near the uh, conclusion of the program, to are getting important uh, uh, things out that you'd like our listening audience to be aware of. I'd, I'd like yeah. to stimulate that a little bit uh, for both <laughs> of you uh, to give our listening audience uh, uh, an idea of uh, some of the family concerns here. You know, person that's suffering from post-traumatic stress who may have uh, suicide tendencies. It's not an individual situation. It becomes a family issue, spouse, kids. It has so many residual effects in the family. Tell us how uh, your programs are dealing with that aspect of it. Okay. Um, You
3: know, when we reintegrate families, you know, it's, it's, how do I say this? It's done each family member and we, we, uh, we talk to them and we actually reintegrate them with each other. And now, as far as as far as PTSD goes, okay, as far as PTSD goes, then that's something that we are not prepared to handle. But I do have amazing connections, like the um, home base in Boston, that will actually fly the family back to Boston. They will. They will. Provide complete care, free of charge. You can even bring your dog or the cat or whatever. <laughs> That's right.
2: part of the family. Yep. <laughs> Pardon me. That's part. Of, they're they part of care the family. Of everybody.
3: Yep, they do. And it is uh, by Colonel, uh, no, uh, General uh, Hammond. General Hammond, who actually pioneers the program and it's it's entirely funded by the boston red sox
4: well bill this also leads to another issue and that's the idea of uh, of uh ptsd that goes beyond uh just the individual um we've got legacy, you know legacy issues and so um uh, In my experience, the ability to uh, bring in whole communities to uh, help absorb some of the uh, pain and suffering that individuals are are, uh, dealing with is crucial. So the more that we get this word out, the more that we share it and get it out of the realm of, you know, somebody coming along and saying thank you for your service and then moving on, you know, how about, you know... Come in and, and actually engage with people that uh, you know that are struggling and suffering. So that uh, that load is much is spread over many shoulders. And I think uh, the various programs that we've been talking about, and ours in particular, well, we may not be directly focused on PTSD um, as a uh, clinical diagnosis. We are looking at it from a completely different uh, context. Uh, one of the one of the notions is uh, the what they call prevention. Which is um, the, the from the, comes from the word where periscope comes from, where you actually rise up above and take a 360 degree look at what's going on in one person's life. And when you have a larger community, uh, more than just a family, one person trying to carry it all, um, then then uh, you know there's a whole lot more
1: opportunities to to uh, deal with the issues that come up. All right. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, and Heidi and Ben, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you, Heidi, let's start with you. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? You have about a minute.
3: You know, um, the neat thing about this program is that it's, it's holistic and that we deal with all of the issues. And if we can't Find an answer, we will look for one. And we include the families. I mean, it's just a neat, neat program. And it's going to be based uh, here in Seattle. And we're going to have lots of woods and lots of fun as well as, you know, just.
5: Good. All right.
1: Now, Ben? yes now do you have something you'd like to share
4: yeah I I mean one thing that that occurs to me in our conversations is is that uh, these this situation is not new in human experience Uh, being a study a student of mythology we go back uh, to the earliest of literatures and people have been wrestling with these very issues since uh, as far back as we know and so (laughs) the ability to to take a look at our own circumstance and then also recognize that this is a human condition, that we all are part of this, I think is a crucial aspect that uh, as a community, as a country, um, as a whole society, that uh, we all have, we all have skin in this particular game. And so I would invite everybody to um, involve themselves to the best of their abilities with whatever uh, resources that they have um, as just part of being a good human being in our
1: community. That's right. All right. And Bill?
2: Well, Heidi and Ben, uh, we want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy day to come in and explain your program to our listeners in the American Heroes Network. Uh, You know, uh, uh, we really believe that uh, the success that we'll have in turning things around the issues in the veterans community starts at the grassroots, and I think that uh, the programs that you have in mind uh, is uh, is going to uh, uh, continue to find solutions to help those men and women who are out there. And the fact that you've uh, selected Seattle uh, to um, uh, to do your work there, uh, I, I know there's people there in the uh, the uh, Washington State. Uh, 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 Veterans Affairs uh, portion of the state government who are, are great people, and
1: it's a good source to work with. All right. Once again, Heidi and Ben, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Now, if you miss any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7, and you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio powered by Voice America on our Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe. You're the backbone of our
2: nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many
0: colors, and we breathe.